Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, Postables. You're listening to Deliver Me a Podcast, brought to you by Casey, Jess, and Cammie. A special thanks to James Jandrish for letting us use music on our show. Now, grab some YooHoo, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, Postables. We are excited today on the podcast to be talking about one of my personal favorites, Truth Be Told. And so this one starts out, we have a very brief intro of, it looks like we're in some sort of... Um, battlefield war zone we have some soldiers and um quickly we go to two years later where we see a young girl and there's a ribbon on a tree and some kids are teasing her about it and, and there's a dog and that's that's our little teaser in the beginning so uh, did you guys have any um kind of initial thoughts on the uh, short intro of what this one was going to be about no, but I was like, those kids are so mean. Shoot, like seriously, you can't, no, 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 no. And maybe it's because I live in a military town and there's a lot of military and there's a lot of respect for military and there's a lot of military kids who get it. So that to me was just like, are you kidding me? Like you kids are so, mm-mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I knew that this was going to be a sad story. I, I knew I knew that that, that this one was going to have some heartbreak to it. Let me just say, I never expected the movie after it. Yeah, I didn't, never in a million years. I thought that was done, that was mm-hmm. over, and it mm-hmm. was gonna, and that was gonna be the end of that one. So never in a million years did I imagine that the movie that comes after this one mm-hmm. was going to happen. But uh, I'm I'm also with Casey. I got, I got mercilessly teased as a kid, constantly, it, no matter where I was. I lived in Central America for three years, and as a missionary's kid, when I was going to a private school where everyone was either a rich Nicaraguan or an ambassador's kid, you know, <laughs> just, <laughs> right? I got, yeah, I, I got teased mercilessly, mercilessly, and then I thought when I came back to the States, it would be much better, but no one wanted to be friends with a goody two shoes. I'm like, well, your beha- <laughs> what you're doing stinks too. I don't want to get involved in that. So <laughs> I, w- yeah, it, I mean, I had good times and stuff, but I, I was on the outside a lot. So I, I didn't get my lunch dumped on my head or anything, but I could totally, I could totally relate to Phoebe. And, and so the, but the other thing was, what teenagers pay enough attention to the news to know that that was happening? You know, I, that, that was the well, big I thing. Mean, it was like, well, they probably knew the, her at school. And yeah. That been well, big yeah. News, and but, so, but well, that was national was, news too, because Shane knew all about it and she had lived in DC. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, that's probably why. I mean, yeah, I, but I, I just thought, I thought that was interesting because like 
teenagers don't watch, don't sit down and watch the news. So it had to be well, pretty Facebook, big. Yeah. Look at all their Facebook articles going on. Yeah. And they I know don't. schools do like news do article Facebook. reporting and stuff. Cause that's, that's what we true. knew the news. And like, I mean, I knew all about um, like Columbine at a young age. Like that was big. Oh, well, and yeah. Columbine was. And like all yeah. that. So I had assumed her story, Randy Lindsay's story, the mom, her had to be on that kind of scale. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Yes. So, um, so yeah, this movie is different and that it's our only two part movie, um, with a letter story. And so as you'll find out later, the story is not going to be over, but, um, so we have at the beginning also, we have Norman and Rita being awkward. (laughs) As always, (laughs) um, they just had their first, like, meal date whatever you want to call it <laughs> after first their kiss in their first kiss don't after- forget that yes <laughs> after shane told them don't let nothing happen between the two of you and so now they're being super awkward <laughs> did you have a nice weekend <laughs> like oh my gosh how lame can you get oh dear <laughs> So yes, they, they have taken the next step, but they are still not comfortable with each other yet. Um, and we briefly get introduced to our letter story. We have a pretty burned up letter and Norman is doing his scientific magic on it with his revelation solution to um, try and start finding out what's, what that is. Norman Dorman's revelation solution. <laughs> But before we get more into the letter story, we have to talk, of course, about Shane and Oliver. And Shane, it's her birthday in this episode. It's her birthday, but she's late to work because she is enjoying her morning on her porch swing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anything with the swing makes me so happy, guys. Oh, okay, God. did you totally, did you totally love that I'm, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but did you totally love that number one, she said, it was such a beautiful spring morning. I just couldn't leave my front porch. And you see that totally knowing smile mm-hmm. between the two of them. <laughs> and then, and then Oliver asks, how, how is your porch swing? Like, oh yeah, it's, it's really great. Yeah. I installed it in the dark. So I was afraid. Actually, it uh, does tilt a little bit like, you are so trying to because then well, you are so trying to get him to come over to your house because he said well I could stop by tomorrow morning after work and she's totally disappointed okay <laughs> just being brazenly manipulative you know? <laughs> was she gonna have candles and champagne out there with a blank <laughs> With a with a nice cozy blanket on the swing to make it more comfortable for two to sit on, you know. <laughs> what was she thinking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also in this episode, we meet Hazel. I think for the first time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 And of course, Hazel is all nosy, like, oh, you got this letter from Steve, and who's Steve? And oh, look at this porch swing, and who's that from? And getting okay. all up in Shane's business as. The hooked hardy. I must interject here. The when calls the heart connection. Jill Morrison, who plays Carla in season one. I loved her character in season one, and now she's just everywhere. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 
that was that's hazel <laughs> lovely hazel and uh Nosey so hazel. <laughs> shane gets her letter from steve and at this point we don't know who steve is yet but we can start making some assumptions pretty easily mm-hmm. and as she's going into the dlo she drops the letter because otherwise we wouldn't have you know the next part of the story of a certain mr o'toole also known as papa o'toole picking up the letter and Shane, come back, Shane. <laughs> that hasn't been done since the pilot movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, they- Like father, they, like son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It made me laugh because Shane turned around and was like, really? Yeah. And I'm like, come on, get the connection. They're connected somehow. <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, then Oliver walks out and he looks like he's seen a ghost. Um, because it's his dad and they haven't, uh, I don't think they've talked since he was 18. 15 years. 15 years. So we don't know exactly how old Oliver is. And that's the part that makes it kind of difficult to do the math is we don't know exactly how old he is right now, but we do know that they haven't spoken in 15 years. And that was by Oliver's design. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Oliver is like not happy to see his dad. And I think what surprised me the most was um, what he says to Shane after the, the very brief interchange with his dad. He's like, nothing he has to say could possibly interest me. And he's just so like, Mm-mm, like not talking about this and I don't care about my dad. And that surprised me. I don't know about you guys. I mean, obviously there's history, but you know, Oliver is a, a Christian man and believes in forgiveness and doing the right thing and that was he a kept very the wedding ring on he kept the wedding ring on for a very very long time with no word at all so mm-hmm. you know from holly so th- there you know, for him to be that dismissive of his father you know what you know what struck me is the fact that he is in a line of work that deals with miscommunication mm-hmm. with lost words with misunderstandings that's his job to clear up communication and misunderstandings and all that and he completely distances himself from his father because of a partial argument that he heard an assumption and a bunch of miscommunication mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i was like oh my goodness why would you do that it- <laughs> because he because he's in the line of work that clears all that up but yet in his own life he wants to keep on going with it yeah I mean I think too with part of that is Oliver is not by nature an an emotional person so you have people who are very logical thinkers so I mean for him and the DLO it's a very logical space for him it's his work Um, at home, that's where the emotional turmoil is. So I feel like there's a lot of conflict in him because he's, he he doesn't have to get emotional connecting people at work with his letters, but he does anyway. He does anyway, though. Well, I I think pre-Shane, he was very still much like, okay, we're going to get this done. We're going to send this off. I think Shane was the bridge that has brought him, brought out a lot of these emotions that he's been burying and that he's been really like ignoring for so long that when it comes to people like Holly and his father, he doesn't know how to quite deal with it. 
and his reaction is, you know, his gut reaction is anger. Mm -hmm. Um, right. You know, and we saw that in from Paris with love at a very different scale than we've seen it with his dad. Like when I was watching this movie the first time I was like, Oh man, yeah, I didn't know Oliver could get mad, but this is a whole different level of mad from than with, uh, than, from Paris with love. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just a very interesting movie in which we get to really peel back Oliver and the layers because he could be kind of perceived as a boring person, you know, very straight laced and a brown noser. But now we're seeing that he is human and he's got these, um, you know, he's, he's got more layers to him than just a suit and tie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what a time for Oliver. He's just dealt with his ex-wife. Well, now ex-wife, you know, officially oh, gone and a week uh a day before it was a few a week days before? a few days a before few i don't days. even know but because yeah. because all of this happened on friday remember mm-hmm. from yep. paris from paris with love ended on a friday well technically saturday morning at mm-hmm. two in the morning and then we come and it's we monday cu- we come back and it's monday and so it's Shane's birthday. this was yeah. This was just two or two or three days ago, you know. It's yeah. just, so this is the emotional, handle. <laughs> emotional you, roller coaster. Okay, real quick, can you imagine Holly no. in the airport? Oh She's walking God. into the airport. <laughs> Joe is walking out of the airport. They like cross paths. They don't know each other. They don't know, they each, don't other. know each other. Or maybe he holds the door open for her or something. I don't know. Oh my word. Oh, <laughs> that, that, would be, that would be a deleted scene to see. <laughs> that would be a deleted scene to see. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Oliver's been through the emotional ringer in a span of a few days. And um, see, we don't think about it. We don't yeah. think about it because they came out what a year or so apart so i watched them all at once so yeah oh so yeah (laughs) the time the timeline the timeline is a little hard to keep track of Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. but um yeah so we know clearly there is a lot of water under that bridge um but they kind of table it for the moment because they start digging into the letter story and Norman's solution starts working. They see that the envelope is addressed to a Phoebe, A-M-I, something about a puppy, could be guppy, um, and a- <laughs> Come on, Norman. <laughs> a and guppy a named Liberty? Boy, puppy. <laughs> Going with the dog. <laughs> I'm going to buy a guppy now and name it Liberty, okay? Of course you are. <laughs> Um, so the letter also mentioned a what they assume is a father, Randy, and that Phoebe, when she's ready to hear the truth, call me anytime. Is basically the message they're able to get. Mm-hmm. And so Shane jumps on the dog thing and starts trying to hack into finding the dog registration. And then we which can- is really brilliant, actually. I mean, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. wow. Some of, some of these ideas that they get on how to find the people, I never would have thought of that. It is just wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Norman goes to visit one of his many cousins, Cornell, to uh, check out the sand because there was sand in the envelope as well. And they're going to figure out the um, whatever the sand is and where it's from. And he's an expert on dirt. (laughs) (laughs) So they both go on their separate adventures, girls and guys. And 
through their adventures, they both end up talking. So Rita and Norman end up talking about themselves and then Shane and Oliver take that and apply it to themselves. So they have like two conversations, one explicit and one implicit. <laughs> I love that. I loved how it's the brilliant. scenes just meshed together and how it was just like crisscrossing everywhere. And the conversations interrupt one another for mm-hmm. an answer. Oh, it, I love it when it movies do that. Oh, yeah. It's but such a it's such a great way to keep the audience on your toes. Mm-hmm. And my favorite line is when Oliver's like, "It's a little early to buy furniture." Ooh, maybe it is a little early to start little buying early. furniture. <laughs> it's like brilliant. Yeah, I was like, "No, don't get cold feet. Don't get cold feet, Oliver." Gosh, Come on. That that was so funny. I <laughs> laughed my head off. I still laugh my head off every time I see it. It's just. I think it's a little early to f- to buy furniture, and then all of a sudden this just reality descends on him. Oh my gosh! I bought her furniture. <laughs> I mean, it's not a sofa. I think we're okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was a little weird to install it at two in the morning, but you know, <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> but uh, what do you guys think about Norman? Like, he just like literally jumps like ten steps ahead to like we kiss to. Uh, furniture and kids and what if we don't like the same like he just goes so far and what do you guys think about that and kind of how quickly he went from zero to a (laughs) hundred i think it's typical norman Mm -hmm. i mean nor norman's always jumping ahead uh and and doing research and gathering facts and all of that and you know being a foster kid I can, I can see why he never got into a serious relationship. I mean, Rita even says, I don't think he's ever had an old relationship. You know, know, he's a quirky guy that not a lot of women are going to be attracted to. And when, and when someone is attracted to him, it takes him four years to make a move. (laughs) So, so a lot of women who aren't Rita are going to lose interest if Mm -hmm. they are attracted to him. And so all of a sudden, all of a sudden he's in his very first relationship probably ever. Mm-hmm. And he's way too old for this to be a fling. So all of a sudden he's got to start thinking about, and a, and a kid who's never, who's never had a father is undoubtedly going to say, what kind of father am I going to be? Now, the fact that he did it after the first kiss and taking her out to dinner is, yeesh, put on the, tap the brakes there, buddy. But, you know, he, he couldn't even wait for, he couldn't even wait for, uh, you know, them to hold hands first. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think, I think it's typical Norman. He did, mm-hmm. he, he did go a little quickly on the zero to 60, but, but uh, I think it's very typical. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, with him being a foster kid and having a very tumultuous, you know, childhood probably brings out a lot of fear for the future. A lot, you know, not just in the father area, but just a lot of fear because yeah. his, his future was always so uncertain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Norman's all anxious about things progressing. And um, then we get more conflict in the next scene. I think it's like a birthday lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a lunch, lunch. special. And um who shows up but Papa O'Toole himself because uh, Shane happened to mention where they'd be and I just love Oliver's reaction. 
it's McInerney. <laughs> like it's the like I don't even know. Like it's a criminal <laughs> offense. <laughs> oh dare you! <laughs> I will say when he got angry with her, I was like, oh my God, like the anger is just building and right. building. It's like, it's her birthday. Come like, down. All of her. Not, not allowed. Not allowed to be angry with her on the birthday. Shame, shame. That's right. <laughs> it's her birthday. She can invite whoever she wants to. Yeah. Her side. You can invite Joe too. He's handsome. Yeah. I would want him to be there. Still that fox. <laughs> and uh, so... And at the same time, Norman and Rita are talking and they start to put together more pieces about the letter and they realize that the A was not a middle initial, but the beginning of the um, addressee's last name. And so they put together that it's Amadon and that name triggers something for them. It's a big story. So it immediately they know who this letter was uh, about and who it was for. Yeah, so. uh, can we can we interject here that... Uh... Once again, we got Martha's weaving because Phoebe is waiting to find out the truth about her mother and mm -hmm. Oliver is finding out the truth about his father mm -hmm. and they're both years apart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, there's yeah. a very uh, a clear parallel there. Mm -hmm. The kind of she, journey they're on. She just does it so well. <laughs> yes, but anyway, so they find out who Phoebe is and that the, the letter was it. In reference to her mother, Lieutenant Randolyn Amadon, who uh, was on a mission, went missing, but there was suspicion that she had just deserted and it, like there was something else going on there. And so it was really kind of a controversial event that went on. Then the next scene um, is I think the next morning, maybe when Oliver comes over. Yes. Yeah, because he said it mm -hmm. the next morning, I'll come over tomorrow morning before yeah. work. Mm -hmm. So we're at the next morning and Oliver comes over because, you know, he has to check out the, the tilt or the squeak or whatever of the porch swing. The tilt this time. The tilt. The tilt this of the porch This time swing. it's the tilt. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh, Shane, sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, he gives a bit of a backstory on his father that his parents divorced when he was 13. He loved his dad. Um, and his mother, she had left after an argument, got remarried. She had been sending postcards, but then when they moved, he never heard from her again and assumed that his father had not given a forwarding address. So he blames his father completely uh, for losing contact with his mother, that he had been kept from her. Mm -hmm. And then the, the most big, the, the largest offense, of course, is, is not any of that. It is that Joseph O'Toole left the post office, wait for it guys, for work for FedEx. <laughs> We don't say the F word on here. <laughs> Shut the front door. <laughs> and Shane's not buying that. She's like, Oliver, get over yourself. Call your father. And I love how she just shoves the phone into his <laughs> You're leaving this message. You're going to meet your father. Here you go. And Oliver's I like, abhor voicemail. <laughs> I abhor voicemail. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, that was... That whole scene, there were so many emotions going on because before we get to that part, Hazel comes by. Oh yes. my gosh. And then she says, she's like, oh, is this Steve? And we already know, like, listen, Oliver's anger is climaxing. Like that's just the mention of another, of another man while he is fixing Shane's swing. It's like that he gave another her. layer. Yeah, another layer. <laughs> that is tantamount to betrayal. <laughs> it is. And... My favorite part 
non-Shane and Oliver related is when Oliver, or when Hazel is checking, checking Oliver out. out. <laughs> She's totally checking him out while he's fixing the swing. <laughs> We work together. For comrades. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like checking out his, like, because he's bent down on the ground. And I was like, oh, jeez. Down, Hazel. <laughs> down, girl. Down. Get back to your route. Deliver them letters. Get out of here. Oh, Hazel. And, but this is not the, the last time we will see Hazel meddling in the affairs of Shane Who? Walker. Or shooting off her mouth. (laughs) (laughs) So because of, you know, Shane's pushing, Oliver does leave the voicemail for his father and goes to meet him at the park. However, when Oliver is at the park, Shane gets a phone call at the DLO and learns that Oliver's father has passed away. So let's stop there. That threw me the loop of my life. I was like, oh my oh my gosh, he, you're going to have Gregory Harrison in the movie for that short amount of time? That was one of my first thoughts. And then number two was like, he was trying to tell him that he was dying. Oh my, oh my gosh. You know, it's, oh, I, I, was, I was a mess. I was a mess. Yeah, I didn't see any previews to this movie at all. No, me neither. Because I think I watched it, Hallmark Movies Now. So, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. And I didn't look up any of the credits or anything on IMDb. I was just binging through. And when she gets that call and she finds that she's like, you know, Oliver, your dad's died. I mean, what? And that was the other thing too. Gregory Harrison? You're going to kill off Gregory Harrison? I know. Like, what? So then I thought this movie was just going to be about Oliver's regret and just uh-huh. all of that. I was not expecting him to like show up later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, I kind of, I, I did a total jumble. <gasps> I totally had that reaction when he came back on the screen. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, when, he, when I heard his voice, I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. what? Yeah, because that second loop thrown on us, like, Five minutes later, because Shane tells Oliver, Oliver's like, oh my gosh. Um, And then there he is again. Like, I think my first thought, actually, when I saw this, was like, he's like a secret agent and like faked his own death. (laughs) You know, me being my criminally minded self. Like, oh, he faked his death. Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. Can we, can we just sidestep here for a second? Now, Shandell's theory about plaid that was the more stress yes. the characters mm-hmm. are in, the more plaid they wear. Okay, mm-hmm. so did you see that all three men, Grandfather, Oliver, and Norman, were all wearing plaid? I didn't definitely didn't notice Norman. I was focused on Oliver because I saw, like, when he met his dad, he had another layer of plaid. Mm-hmm. Because I think it he was had just the plaid this, suit. It was yeah. the suspenders first for plaid, and then, yeah, he had the jacket on. I remember, like, Chanel, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, more mm-hmm. layers, more, more conflicts, wardrobe. Norman theory. had, Norman had plaid on the first day. And okay. so in the scene when he's, in the scene when he's talking about uh, when he first kissed Rita, he had the plaid on. And so I was like, yeah, this is causing Norman a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then uh, the, the, fa- the grandfather, he, he had plaid on when you, when you first see him. 
and and so it's like he's dealing with the stress of his daughter being gone for two Mm -hmm. years and raising his granddaughter so i didn't see plaid on uh i didn't see plaid on uh papa on papa o'toole but that's because even though he came here to confront He's cool as a cucumber. He doesn't have that internal stress. He does not have that. Even though he came to confront him, he's Mm -hmm. not. He's not dealing with the internal stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like now we should all born plaid to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So we had our first first surprise. Oh, your dad's dead. Second surprise. Oh, your dad's not dead. And third surprise. Oh, he's not your biological father. So we get bam, bam, bam for Oliver, poor man. It's just, doesn't even know what to think anymore because Joe tells him the story that your father is dead, but it's the father you never knew. And so the, the man that his mother had ran off with was his biological father, Harvey Schmitz, which Paul's Oliver, I'm a Schmitz. I'm a Schmitz. I mean, to be honest, going from like a very Irish, you know, sounding, you know, O'Toole, you know, that's very fits well, him the, with the suit to And Schmitz. the male legacy, the male legacy mm-hmm. as well. Just the, mm-hmm. the USPS mm-hmm. legacy of the O'Toole mm-hmm. family to a Schmitz. Years. Yeah. To a Schmitz. You know, somebody who did a bunch of scams and get-rich-quick schemes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a huge blow for a man like Oliver. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and to the fact, because um, the whole part of the story here is that the mother had an affair with this Harvey person, ended up pregnant. Joe stayed with her, but then she kept having that affair. And for Oliver, too, like, he is such a faithful man, as we've seen. And to know mm-hmm. that that's his father... He just has this entire identity crisis at this point. Mm-hmm. That was the saddest story for me. Did that strike you guys as just horribly sad? That, it did, yeah. That just the, the mother's affair, how she would not leave it alone, even though her husband stayed with her mm-hmm. for all those years. Right. And mm-hmm. raised you know, and, a, and not his raised, child as his own. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then when the divorce happened, he took him. Mm-hmm. He took him. He, he wasn't even his son. And he could have just laid everything bare right there. I'm not your real father. Go with your mother. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. He completely spared Oliver and he took him. I, that was just the saddest story to me. And for me too, I was thinking like poor Oliver, like all of this time, like what, let's say he's like 38, something, 40, yeah. you know, all those years of thinking you are one a, a person and you, you know, your faith and your family and your, your, you know, your history, your ancestry, you're very, he's a very proud person of who he Yo. is and who his grandfather was and who Absolutely. they've made him to be. And then all of a sudden it's taken away from him like, like that, yes. you know, and it's just very, I can't imagine going home to my parents and then saying, guess what? Uh, you're actually adopted and we're not your real parents. Like what? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? You couldn't have told me this when I was like 18 you know right I, I mean i understand to a point of like you know sometimes you want to keep those things close until they're ready for it but i feel right. like once you're 18 you're an adult and you deserve to know who you are 
you know? Yeah. I mean, but see, by the time he was 18, they had already, they, yeah. I think they had already split from right. each other. Mm-hmm. Right. So. so, and the other thing too, with, with, with mom, with Oliver's mom, who's nameless actually, because we don't know her name, which yeah, is also we don't. interesting. Um, is the fact that she, when I was listening to the story and how she would like just run off or whatever, I was like, oh my goodness, Oliver, you have inadvertently repeated history by marrying Holly, but you've broken it. You've broken by that not cycle by a not, child. right. And you've, you've not, you know, pursued those things and you let her go and everything's been good. But I was like, man, that's first a really your mom, good point. then your wife. Like, what? Mm-hmm. What? What? That's a really, really good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. I mean, obviously, I thought of a cycle, but you know mm-hmm. that that all the women in his life just up and leave. But mm-hmm. I hadn't thought of it that way. That he was that he was breaking a cycle. That's a really good point because he could have fallen victim to it with how loyal he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oliver's dealing with a lot, and then he gets more news. He goes to to meet the lawyer, and he calls upon Shane, who is we'll talk about it a little more. Who ends up being he's like support truly in this movie, and uh, he learns that surprise number dad, four. <laughs> you're rich now because <laughs> your your biological dad was rich, and he uh, left you a uh, significant funds. What an emotional roller coaster. I mean, really. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> and here's the other thing, too, I was thinking. Had Shane never ended up there in the DLO, or let's say Shane left in the last movie, like, who would he have gone to? Nobody. The first person he calls is Shane. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. he's, he's calling mm-hmm. Shane. He's got well, a person. <laughs> well, and when Shane says, is there somebody I can call? Or is there someone mm-hmm. you need to call? Oliver says there's nothing to do at this point. And I just thought, oh, isn't that so sad? That there's no one to call. There's no one to inform. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it, it's just so sad to me. Yeah. And that's what makes the ending even better. But mm-hmm. we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and so um, so Oliver then goes to his dad and, and then accuses him of only being there for money. And it's like, <sighs> Oliver, like, calm down. <laughs> I mean, the guy's going through a lot, but for him to jump that quickly mm-hmm. to that he's, kind of... He's projecting, you know. Oh, he's, he's projecting. Definitely projecting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not even like... It doesn't even make sense, you know, like, right. Joseph O'Toole, he doesn't, he's not a cocky person. He doesn't appear that way unless he's like a double-sided kind of man, but he did not, he doesn't appear that way. He appears like a really nice, caring dad. Well, and he's he's never come around asking for money either. You know, it's not a trend. A lot of, a lot of people have, um, have estranged, uh, parents or estranged siblings or estranged relatives of Mm -hmm. some kind who, show up every once in a while asking mm-hmm. for money. This is the first time we've seen him. Mm-hmm. You know, there's never, there's not any history of him being a gold digger or anything like that. You know, it, so there's no trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. was just, that, that was sad. That was, was really sad. sad. <laughs> and then he lays another accusation of that he kept his mom away from him. And Joe's like, 
no, I gave her the address and at, you know, you can tell he doesn't really want to tell Oliver that, but he's got to clear the air of like, you're making me out to be the bad guy, but I did everything I could to keep, you know, keep contact with your mom. Mm -hmm. um, I will say Joseph O'Toole is like MVP of this episode. Mm -hmm. He certainly is. He Absolutely. really is. I mean, first of all, he protect, he protected his son and he even says, he's like, you know what? I'm going to just lay it out here for you. I never said anything bad about your mother. Do you never, know never said hard, a bad word? Uh-uh. Like, do you know how hard that would be? Like, your Completely. wife cheated on you multiple times. She leaves you with the man. Like, she leaves you. She leaves you with you, the son that's not really your biological son. She doesn't, she, like, writes every now and then is kind of what I gathered. And she's traveling the world. And then she just disappears off the face of the planet. Like, What? And he, he doesn't complain about it. He doesn't like, he doesn't say to Oliver, you know what? Be thankful that I took you in because you could have been on the streets. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? He could have held that over his head forever if he was a vindictive man. Yeah. He could have held that over his head from the time he was 13 years old. And he didn't. Mm -hmm. He said, why no father would do, oh gosh, I'm going to cry. No father would do that to a little boy. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, mm. I just had a thought as you were talking, Casey, because we, we talked about how his mother traveled the world and she would like occasionally send like a postcard. And it just made me think like Mimi, because we all kind of wondered why was Oliver so attracted to Holly and like what they didn't, but maybe like he saw a bit of his mother and Holly and he was like searching for that connection mm -hmm. with his mother and he found that in Holly, even though he didn't really connect it that way in his brain, but that's what he was doing he saw his mother in holly and wanted that's a really good one that relationship yeah mm -hmm. and he probably had a very romanticized view of his mother oh absolutely especially after um hearing his dad yell at his mm -hmm. you know at the mom mm -hmm. and if he's only hearing one side so if he comes like let's say he's walking down the stairs as a 13 year old kid he hears his dad say those words like if you can't do it my way then you know it's over over and then she probably just stormed out and never to return right. so of course in his in his 13 year old mind he's mom's not, a good guy yeah mom's yeah a mom's, good guy. yeah and she's probably who doesn't want to travel the world you know and with oliver being very um i feel like he is the type of person who loves that kind of stuff like history and just the you know the ancient world and that kind of like world history thing his I, I studying like, studying about it yes venturing out no no, no not it. venturing no 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 okay. not venturing out more of the history of like uh you know seeing the seven wonders of the world and just like hearing about it and like hearing about it yeah and no because washington dc was i think i think as about as far as he was gonna get at that point you know <laughs> yeah, i mean he didn't go he to Paris, so you know no he didn't life. that's what i mean but no i mean i feel like he's the type of person who would like that and his mom probably knew that about him and was probably writing these things of like we just traveled down the the Nile River and we saw all these wonderful things and wish you could be here. So he's having a very romanticized memory of his mom. Mm -hmm. which is, in mm -hmm. fact, not a great person, honestly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then it gets even sadder because Joe shows Oliver this giant stack of letters like, I wrote all these to you. And then well, even though Oliver is presented with this, he throws him in the trash. And I'm like, Oliver! 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 The man who values the written word and letters the trash. more than anything throws 
all of them in the trash. Did you guys love that Joe had them? Mm-hmm. Because he knows his son. Mm-hmm. He knows his son. He knows the way he thinks. He speaks his son's language, even if he doesn't speak it himself. Mm-hmm. He knows how to talk to his son. And he pulls those letters right out. I'm like, he brought them. He brought them with him. You just, I mean, it, it shows just how much he cares. The fact that he kept them. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Return to Sender was stamped and he got it back, those things easily could have gone in the trash or the recycling bin. And mm-hmm. he kept every one of them. And oh, MVP, just like you said. MVP. <laughs> yeah. And that, I mean, those letters went thunk. <laughs> that trash. Oh, like, Whoa. Again, angry Oliver, like, one more layer. I know. It's, it's escalating. It is very much escalating. Very much. Well, he had clams at lunch, remember? Mm-hmm. I did yeah. notice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't catch it until this time watching through for Same this here. podcast. I, I, she said, how are the clams? I went, oh, he's eating clams. All right. So sidetracking up this a little bit, let's get back to Phoebe's story. So they're able to locate Phoebe and we get this very sweet connection between the grandfather and Norman because the grandfather worked from social services. Um, And Norman really bonds to Phoebe. Um, Mm -hmm. He, they have lunch together. He tells her stay cool and um, (laughs) connects with her over the fact that he too was, was bullied um, just like she kind of is with her mother and they're able to track down, I believe his name is Clay, who was the mm-hmm. helicopter um, pilot and who was the one who, who wrote the letter. And so they go to the clinic and he's not really able to provide any details, just that your mother was a good woman and he doesn't think that she's still alive. Mm-hmm. Well, and all of, the, all of the hoopla that the media is putting out about her, he's able to tell her that it's not true. Mm-hmm. She's not a traitor. She's a good American patriotic soldier and she mm-hmm. never deserted, mm-hmm. you know? And I think even though the hope of seeing her mother again at this point is yeah. almost extinct, it's a teeny tiny little flame that because Clay didn't say she's dead. Clay said, I don't believe she's alive. Mm-hmm. So that's going to take the flame from here to here. Yeah. It's still there, but it's pretty much extinct. Yeah. But, but the fact that she was not a traitor gave her, gave Phoebe something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I was very surprised at the end of this letter story. Like, yeah. I thought maybe we were going to find out more about her. Like, Mm -hmm. she's a prisoner of war. We're going to go rescue her, but we can't tell you that. But, like, when Chuck was like, I don't believe she's still living. I was like, Clay, Clay, or Clay, Clay, sorry. Clay, um, I was like, wait, what? And then I paused, (laughs) and I'm like, but there's, like, what? What? You know, when we keep going and, you know, Norman and Rena at the end, you know, deliver Phoebe a little gift I'm like that's literally mm-hmm. the end, the of the story. end like how sad yeah. how so like that is so sad for Phoebe I mean can you imagine being 14 or 15 and just like Mm-mm. like that's it and also to her she lost her father we find that out later 
too. So like she's now lost two parents to, you know, who were the military. And her grandfather is obviously getting older and, you know, it's just like. How much time does she have left with him? This poor girl. I can't even imagine being 14 years old and have, I mean, for me, I felt like I had enough to deal with when I was 14. I can't even imagine holding all of this on my shoulders at 14 years old. And see, there we go again. There we go again. Joseph O'Toole spared Oliver from having to deal with this kind of tragedy at 13 mm-hmm. years old yeah. because he didn't want his son, the, the boy that he looked on as his, his mm-hmm. and only his, he didn't want him to, he didn't want him to deal with that kind of burden at such a young and impressionable age. Mm-hmm. Weaving, weaving, Martha. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, so we we get a bit of a bittersweet ending to Phoebe's story, but the story for Oliver and Joe is not over, and I will say pretty much from this point in the movie on is like I just love every minute of it. I know. So we we had the DLO scene. Let's start there. It's it's evening. Rita, Norman, they say their goodbyes. Shane says her goodbye, or so she we were led to believe, until um. And Oliver's like, you haven't left yet, have you? And there she is. The the fact that she stayed, you know, because we talked about if Shane hadn't been there, he would have no one. And she knows that. Mm -hmm. She knows that. And she just doesn't want to leave him alone. I've Mm -hmm. seen so many, well, I've seen so many scenes where somebody feels like they're grieving alone. Mm-hmm. And then they hear someone outside or they see someone just sitting so that they don't have to be alone. And just, oh, it's, it's beautiful. It's it beautiful is. that you just don't want to leave someone alone. Mm-hmm. And also too, with this, there's not, there's, there's tension. I don't know that I would say there's a lot of romantic tension in this movie. Not this point. But Shane is such a good friend to she Oliver. is like she she is she really is I mean and look how far they've come from like butting heads and Shane running out quitting all the time to you know taking on this burden of Oliver's and I mean mm-hmm. she's such a good friend yeah. oh my gosh oh my gosh Casey when you said that running away running out quitting in the in from Paris with love she ran out in this one she stayed mm-hmm. i just had that <laughs> revelation oh my gosh i just had that thought just and she says it too head. later yeah. too she tells oliver mm-hmm. yeah what i particularly love about this part is so one of my favorite scenes actually in from paris is love is when um, Shane tells Oliver forgiveness is doing the right thing because she knows exactly in that moment what Oliver needs. It's not necessarily what she would do. She knows that that may not work out well for her, but she does the right thing to tell him you need to forgive Holly. And the same thing happens in here. She says, um, 
your faith has been shaken and you know where you need to go to find that again. She's able to identify that Oliver needs to come to his faith, even though she does not have that faith, but she recognizes this is what Oliver needs and, and is able to give that to him. And that's like the definition of a good friend. Yeah. Well, and I also love that she said, Oliver, don't be cynical. It's not who you are. Mm-hmm. I was like, she in many instances is the definition of cynical, mm-hmm. but she knows that he's not mm-hmm. and she is the one that tells him oliver don't be cynical it's not who you are mm-hmm. i think that she can't bear to see him be cynical mm-hmm. you know she she just cannot bear it, it's almost like wait a minute you're not supposed to be that that's my job you know yeah. <laughs> love how Shane calls Oliver out multiple times, especially Mm -hmm. in these last two movies, without, Uh like, being disparaging towards him or being snarky or being a nasty way. Like, she she just calls him out in a very calm manner, like, very respectfully, though. Yeah. And to drive the point across. I mean, it's just, it's so good. I love it. I love how the relationship has, you know, is evolving now and um they're definitely kindred spirits they're very they're connected very much connected very unlikely very unlikely kindred spirits but they're kindred (laughs) spirits nonetheless and then of course we have the beautiful moment where shane tells him all i want to do is walk over to you put my arms around you and tell you that everything is going to be okay but i know that's not what you want right now since when did that stop you? <laughs> and then drop the stuff and what I call an attack hug. Because <laughs> you just go, Bam. drop the bag. <laughs> I, when I watched that scene the first time and she says all those words and there's like that pause and like, what's like, what's she going to do? <laughs> Is she just going to be like, but you know where to find me. <laughs> but then he says that, and I'm like, oh, that is an open invitation. Yes, that is an what? invitation. <laughs> and you know he wanted it. He you did. You know he wanted it. He did. He so wanted it. If he hadn't wanted it, number one, he wouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. Number two, he never would have reciprocated. And mm-hmm. he was holding onto her so tightly. You know he mm-hmm. wanted it, and you know he needed it. Yeah, and he couldn't even look her straight in the eye when he's when he kind of had to admit, like, I need this hug. Yeah, yeah. you he know, because again, he's not by nature an emotional kind of guy when it comes to his own emotions. It's very much buried and complicated and hidden. Yeah. And so this is like all the walls are coming down at this point. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. especially for Oliver to get a hug from someone who is not his betrothed and not uh, just like a casual friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like his turning point. It's his turning point where the walls come down, just like Shane's bag, his walls go down with him. And, <laughs> and the walls come tumbling down. <laughs> and then um, so right after that, he follows Shane's advice. He goes to the church. Um, he goes to look for his dad, but his dad's already left the, the motel. He goes and then to look for the letters. He runs for those letters. Oh. And this, I love this part because the emotion is so raw and Eric does it Eric. so mm-hmm. well. It's like, you can yeah. feel that like desperation of like, I need 
to get these letters. I need to fix this. I know the garbage mm-hmm. can's rattling all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, he even checks another. He even mm-hmm. checks another garbage can that he knows he didn't throw it in. You yeah, know, just, like uh, just in case it hops. You know, <laughs> twenty feet. No. Eric's what, what, Casey? Eric's performance in this Uh is top notch. I mean, and here's the thing too. He doesn't cry, but you see the eyes like well up several times. Oh, And you see the tension in his face and you see like every emotion at play. Like he doesn't have to say a whole lot, but you can just Mm -hmm. see it. And that is just incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, he can't find the letters, he can't find his dad, and so we're the, it's the next morning, and he's taking his anger out on the porch swing. Okay, we, we, gotta, we gotta say it together, we gotta <laughs> say it together. <laughs> what, what, what the, the Sam Hill? Hill? <laughs> and then Shane comes out, what the Sam Hill? You must really, you must be, really upset. be upset. <laughs> and... What's what's interesting is so Shane calls him out on again again <laughs> and then he reciprocates by throwing Steve at her. And oh, that's a low blow. I know, and I love that she's just like, uh, no, we're not. No, stop. <laughs> like, we're not going. If there. you want to get a rise, if you're trying to get a rise out of me, I'd stick with the porch swing. I'm like, oh, snap, <laughs> girl. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, she continues to tell him like your dad's not the one that left. You're the one who, you know, basically you're the one preventing your dad from coming back. And uh, then he tells her, well, he actually did leave this time. And then I have no plans to leave if it matters. This scene gets me, okay? Like, this is where I get a little romantic. Those two words make me- I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? What? (laughs) Shush. Casey, Casey, I you even, get the bucket, I'll get the mop. I, I put in my notes, I literally put in my notes, cue the puddles. And you know me, that's not me. Like, this scene melts me. You oh get the bucket, God. I'll get the mop, we get to mop her up for a, sh- for a change. Yeah, you guys do the heavy work. My muscles are tired of holding that mop. <laughs> oh, and then the big thing we gotta talk about, okay, this is a discussion for this scene. Oh, so... Dear. After she says, it matters, he looks at her very coyly. Do you know what I'd like to do right now? In the stupid phone, interrupts them. Here, now, there's been debate amongst the postables and I don't know, Twitter feeds or something. What do you think he wanted to do? So let's, let's go around and what do you guys think he meant when he said, what I'd like to do right now? I don't know what he wanted to do. I don't know what, I don't know what he meant. I don't know what he meant with those words, but what he wanted to do is he wanted to kiss her. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's one theory. That's, that's one, one theory. Yeah, that's one theory. Casey, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think he's wanted to kiss her since the time that he's had to call back Shane, come back Shane. I'm kind of <laughs> kidding, but I mean, at least in the last movie when they get the lip stare on, you know, at 3 a.m. on the porch mm-hmm. swing, he definitely wanted to kiss her and I'm sure he does want to kiss her, but in that specific moment, in I that don't know that he wanted to kiss her. Like, there's a lot of emotional turmoil mm-hmm. in this. And to go from that to kissing, a, like, you know, kissing her is like, it's almost out of place, I feel like. I feel like it's mm-hmm. still, we're still coming off of those emotions. 
I think he wanted to. I think he wanted to in that scene. I don't know. Fuck <laughs> her. <laughs> I, I do have a theory. Oh. Mm. My theory is that that line was a callback to the previous night when she said, all I want to do right now. And so I think he, he wants to like hold her and hug her. He wants to hug her. Mm-hmm. That, that's my, my theory. But there's, there's many people who believe that he wanted to kiss her, which maybe he did as well. <laughs> okay. So we have that beautiful moment interrupted by a phone call. Technology, let's throw the phone away. <laughs> but did you notice Shane, Shane cried? Like, yeah, she, she, she yeah. like wipes her face oh, like yeah, when Oliver says do you want to know what I want to you know whatever and then the phone rings she's mm-hmm. like composing herself I was like yeah. <laughs> but the phone call as annoying as it is in this moment brings beautiful news that it's a good o- thing Oliver's good father thing. left a forwarding address cue the Oz <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> And so Oliver goes to the address and visits his father, and they uh, they have this very uh, fun conversation. Where uh, when Joe asks him about Shane, oh, she's very uh, efficient. Efficient. Oh, cool. Fess up. <laughs> I love how he. I love two things about that. Number one, he's making him relax. You know, mm-hmm. he's making him get a lot more in a lot more informal with his words. And number two, he called him O'Toole. Mm-hmm. You know, just reaffirming the identity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Reaffirming that identity. Yes. Just come on, O'Toole, fess up. <laughs> He's making him relax and he is once again reiterating, you are an O'Toole. Mm-hmm. We have our ending scene, the birthday party for Shane and her cake that says happy birthday, Shan. Because it was either that or happy birthday. Um, and Rita and Norman got their gifts together. They went in together, so they are finally clicking again and not so awkward. Took them forever. (laughs) (laughs) And we learned that Oliver's dad went back and got the letters, and so they're they're not lost letters anymore. And the best part about this, this moment is that look between Oliver and Shade, like, that is a smolder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here like, comes the oh. smolder. If you're, a ta- if you're a Tangled fan, you'll get that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I got that now that you said that. I didn't oh. think about that, but I do know what you're saying. <laughs> and he does a little, I don't know, the face. Here I'm comes the smolder. <laughs> this usually works for me. This is kind of an off day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My kids are watching Tangled right now. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yes, but, oh, that look. I will I will retweet that gif as much as I can. I love that look. Oh, yeah. Like, that's like, whew. That's it, what? That's what? What? I, I don't know. What did I say? <laughs> I'm not a romantic. What? No. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we end on this beautiful note with Shane and Oliver and their look. And Rita and Norman going in on their gift together and resolution between Oliver and his dad. So it's a very beautiful way to end this this movie. It is. And it's a beautiful way to end a sad one because mm-hmm. we think we think that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also, you know, I, I just thought of this, I mean, um Papa O'Toole, you know, he is he forgives like there's all the forgiveness in the world. Yeah, there's no grudge. There's no, there's no grudge, not mm-hmm. like, you know, 
Yeah, it's just so seamless. Right. Yeah. Even though Oliver said a lot of kind of nasty things to him. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> I mean, this is just over the course of what, a few days, a week? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine like all that. for 15 years and even prior to that? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and having an angsty teenager. Oof. Mm. I can only imagine Oliver as an angsty teenager. <laughs> I mean, can, can you even imagine? <laughs> I feel like young Oliver, after his mother, you know, leaving, and then after her not sending letters when, you know, they moved, I feel like he would have been the type to be, like, totally respectful, fine, and cool on the outside to everybody else except for at home with his dad. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it'd right. be short no that's what i meant answers you know that's what like, i meant can you imagine oliver as an angsty teenager with dad oh, yeah. <laughs> all right are you guys ready for some trivia i am so ready <laughs> no <laughs> come on casey where's your enthusiasm oh i do love this movie but i didn't take as many notes as i should have so we'll see how this goes all right we're going to start, I'll start with an easy one. What is the name of the book that Norman's cousin Cornell wrote? Sands of Many Lands. Correct. Sands of Many Lands. <laughs> Number two. Where is Oliver's dad staying? The Mesa, Med- the Mesa Motor Inn, room 204. Casey beat you to it, but yes. <laughs> Mesa Motor Inn. Almost no. choked on my spit there. So. <laughs> I know. I, I heard the first part. <laughs> Mesa Motor in room 204. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Question three. How old was Phoebe when her mother went missing? 12. Yes. 12. Good. What does Norman tell Oliver that he and Rita had on their date? Uh, the Gladiator special. With? With extra sausage. There you go. next question we're getting harder what is oliver's grandfather's name and his great great grandfather's nickname chester stanley o'toole and mad dog o'toole yes (laughs) chester stanley o'toole and mad dog o'toole and mad dog was a pony express writer that's true all right last question since what year has an O'Toole been a part of the post 1787 service? <laughs> yes, 1787. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys knocked trivia out of the park, and <laughs> Cammy knocked trivia out of the park. Casey didn't know anything. <laughs> you uh, knew the Mesa Motor Hotel, and you know, and you knew Chester Stanley O'Toole. And I did know, um, what's it called? Um, I did know Phoebe was 12. I just didn't say it fast enough. Yeah, sure, you did. Well, Postables, it has been so much fun to talk about this episode, which Oliver goes on an incredible identity journey. An and, emotional roller coaster. Yes. No kidding. <laughs> an emotional roller coaster. And we are so excited that next week we get to talk to the man himself, Eric Mabius. Yay! Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you guys then. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye! Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Deliver Me a Podcast. If you want to know what's going to happen next week, be sure you are following us on Twitter at Deliver Me a Pod and on Instagram at Deliver Me a Podcast. We also have a merch store where you can buy tons of post things for you and your friends. We'll see you next week.